0: Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. And this morning, we are spotlighting new and innovative ways of teaching the Catholic faith in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. As parishes are coming together as part of the On Mission for the Church Alive, clergy and lay leaders are sharing ideas on how to help people form a deeper relationship with Jesus. And an interesting model is being tested right now in four parishes in the North Hills and the Beaver Valley, whose parents are helping to teach the faith to their own children. And I'm really excited. My guest this morning is Jason Gualdo, who is the Director of Faith Formation at St. John and Paul Parish in Franklin Park, Marshall Township, and Cindy DeShane, who is the Director of Faith Formation at Our Lady of Peace in Conway. Jason and Cindy, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus.
1: Thanks for having us, Father. Thank you.
0: It's great to have you both with us uh, this morning. And Jason, St. John and Paul and Our Lady of Peace are working uh, with two other parishes in your grouping, Good Samaritan in Ambridge and St. John the Baptist in Baden, which I know all those parishes very well in my former assignment at uh, St. James in Swickley. And the new grouping is offering a new classroom home CCD program where the catechists and parents both teach the faith to the young people. This sounds really exciting. Can you tell our listeners how this all works? Because this this isn't the norm, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah, not your normal program. Hmm. So basically, uh, kids will come on site twice a month uh, and meet by grade with catechists, Um, we try to follow up each of those sessions with a session summary email so the parents know what's going on and give them some suggestions for how they can talk about those topics with their kids, projects they can do at home, videos they can watch together, that sort of thing. Uh, and then in the off weeks we send out, uh, family centered Bible studies, Hmm. um, that give them similar resources, videos to watch on those topics, uh, suggested family discussions, ways of praying through that scripture together, uh, and then some activities they can do together as a family. So the whole concept is to get
0: the families more involved, yeah. mm-hmm. not just, hey, I'm going to drop my kids off at CCD, I'll see you in an hour. Yep. This really gets the kids involved and the parents and the parish, too. Uh, how did this begin, in, in, in are there any other parishes doing this in the Diocese of Pittsburgh?
1: Um, yeah, this this type of model. I don't know if there are any other yeah. parishes doing this exactly. Um, there's other parishes doing doing parts of it. Certainly, um, really, it started for us at Saint John and Paul. It started about three years ago. Um, we started looking at uh, you know all the research that's out there about how do kids learn and how is the faith best passed on? Um, how do you incorporate parents in that process? Uh, and just trying to be responsive to the the data that we have out there. So we kind of revamped our our classroom model to make it a little more engaging. Um, for the kids, we scaled it back to twice a month so that we would have some time to help form the catechists on those topics that they'll be teaching in those classes. Um, and then the idea was eventually we're going to try to build in that at home component. Um, so as we started working with the DREs in our grouping, uh, with Cindy and with Rose, um, we started putting our heads together, uh, with our seminary and interns as well. Dan D'Antonio was hugely instrumental in helping us pull together a lot of this stuff, uh, and just try to figure out what do we what do we want this to look like at home, and how can we make it easy and appealing for families uh, and fruitful as well.
0: And it's it's really great to hear that the parishes are already uh, working together in the combined religious ed program. in In my grouping, the Catholic community of the East End with St. Pete, St. Charles Lawonga, and also St. James and Wilkinsburg, we've combined into one program, and it's working out really good. To, instead of saying let's let's keep it separate, well, no, let's start now and it's up and running and it's working out great and this program uh, you have such a, a huge parish up mm-hmm. there at saint sean and paul and then with the others coming in and it, it, you, you increase your numbers how do you make that all happen because that's a lot of traffic to yeah. to direct
1: <laughs> yeah we've got in our grouping we probably have about 12 to 1300 kids wow. um yes yeah, so we have a lot a lot of dedicated volunteers that Volunteers really help it. make yeah. it, You
0: can't do it by yourself. Not
1: at all, no. And that's certainly why we're trying to come alongside parents, too, because we're supposed to be helping them, and a lot of times traditionally we've sort of excluded parents and blamed them for not helping. So. Right.
0: Now, Cindy, the Pittsburgh Catholic newspaper uh, recently profiled one family in your parish at Our Lady of Peace in Conway uh, involved in this program. It was a wonderful article. I had an opportunity to read it. And the mother who teaches her daughter and son at home said, this approach makes me think more about the faith and what are some other comments that uh, you've heard parents uh, share besides that article that was in the Pittsburgh Catholic.
2: So I've received actual thank you notes from parents, thanking us for putting them in the Bible. We're trying to help teach the families to put Christ in the center and not be the afterthought and putting the education back on the parents. And they see everyone seems to be enjoying it. It's, it's a great family time for all the, for everybody.
0: So, not only are the children learning, but the parents are learning too,
2: yeah, um. that was the thought behind mm. what what I wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. because last year we had a second grade parent when they were sent makeup homeworks, you had to Google the answers, Wow, so I knew immediately we had to do something different with our program,
0: and say so how what are some other subjects that the families learn about in your program?
2: Um, we've just got done doing. Uh, class on prayer and that was like one whole session the bible they did commandments as one of their take-home lessons um we did um jesus son of god is this this week's lesson coming mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. we have a phenomenal advent lesson coming up here in a couple weeks that's mm-hmm. going to be out of this world where they the kids will be actually visiting rooms where there's like live plays going on of the Annunciation, Joseph's Dream, the Nativity. So the kids are getting taught on so many different levels um, with all of the topics.
0: Yeah, now that we are in the season of Advent, Christmas is coming up in just a couple weeks, and then it'll be the new year. So, yeah, the watching and the waiting and preparing for the way of the Lord is, and I'm sure the kids are really excited to be prepared with that. Yes, Now, Jason, why is it important for parents uh, to be the primary teachers? The the catechists, uh, the the religious ed coordinators, they are, you know, they're certified in their knowledge, but why why do you think it's important that the parents are the first teachers of the faith to, to drop in on those kids?
1: Yeah, um, I always try to tell my parents that um, right, wrong, or indifferent, they are the primary educators mm. of their kids. Starts at home. Yep, yeah, they are teaching their kids about the faith. Uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Um, So I try to get them thinking along those lines because they're, you know, all the research shows the parents' religiosity is the biggest indicator of Mm -hmm. whether or not the kid is going to stick with the faith, uh, whether the faith will be meaningful for them. Um, So I think, you know, we're we're used to bemoaning in the church and pointing fingers that, you know, parents are the primary educators, but they're not doing their job. Um, I think it's important to just recognize in every other facet in their lives, parents are more than willing to be involved with their kids. Uh, with sports, they'll step up and be the coach. Right. They'll, they'll work with the boosters. They'll do all that because those are pretty clearly defined roles. They know they've got a reasonable chance of success. But when it comes to the faith, a lot of times they weren't catechized well themselves. That's our fault. That's not theirs. They're not comfortable engaging on that level. So if we give them a pretty clearly defined, easy process that's family-centered, um, we're finding, I think Cindy and I are both finding, that uh, they're more than willing to do it and they're thrilled to do it. Um, because they're learning a lot too. And I think they probably, their eyes probably open up and say, wow, I, I
0: do know the faith. It's just mm-hmm. you kind of have to open it up. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the lamp under the bushel basket. You open it up and you have it in you. You just need to let it grow and shine. And as they read the lesson with their kid, then I think it probably naturally will come out and and Mm -hmm. come back to them
1: yeah yeah and it's nice too because it's family centered Mm -hmm. um you know it's one lesson for the whole family regardless of the age level of the kids so that's significantly easier on a parent you don't have three kids with three different topics that you're not you don't feel equipped to handle Uh, you're all on the same page you're all all learning the same thing together Uh, you've all got insight to bring to it um, regardless of what level of catechesis you have or you know how evangelized you are Uh, And they've been loving that.
0: Now, Cindy, is there an opportunity for the parents to come together and just share each other's stories? Like how they're like, do they help each other out or learn from from the parents learn from each other?
2: I do know that some parents Mm -hmm. have been leaning on each other. Some that don't have access to the computers or understand it as well. You have the other moms that are stepping in and helping them make sure they get acclimated. The way that we end our program down in the Valley Churches is we gather all the kids at the end together, and the parents are all in there with us at the oh, same time, okay. and I hear a lot of the you know, conversation mm-hmm. going on with the parents, you know, did you get this, did you get this, oh, did you see that video, and they're sharing resources um, that they're coming upon as well.
0: So you're seeing it kind of is happening naturally, too, as mm-hmm. they combine, and as the kids are sharing stories, so it's nice to see the parents develop friendships and yeah. kind of, Oh, can you, I never thought of that, or that's a great idea. And they're kind of maybe leaning on each other and helping each other out naturally without you forcing it upon them. Correct. Yeah. How do both of you work together with such a large, uh, travel distance amongst from Franklin park, Marshall township down to the Valley. How, how is that working these last several months since the on mission started back in October?
1: Yeah, I think we started over the summer. We got okay. together, um, For a while, it was once a week, and then it went back to once a month. Uh, But Cindy and I talk pretty regularly on the phone. Cindy and Rose um, have a very close working relationship to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of the new guy in the grouping here.
2: (laughs) He's on my speed dial. Speed dial. (laughs) The
1: bat phones are ringing, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: that's good that you you got ahead of the ball game over the summer and that's what i found out too when i went to point breeze over the summer i had an opportunity to bring in Wilkinsburg and the east end um, and then that way it was just up and running by the fall so at least you had uh, you know a couple few months over the summer when things aren't aren't as hectic as they are in the fall and then boom get the program up and running and so far so good after a couple months up and running yeah, and, I'd say so. Kind yeah, of, it gets then, better you, all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you learn and you grow, too. And I'm sure there's other groupings that are leaning on each other uh, with the resources, too. And it's a work in progress, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, There's no smooth cookie-cutter approach to it, but you kind of perfect it. And as, as we come up on Christmas and then for the new year, then you start out for the spring and prepare for uh, the other sacraments coming up. You kind, of, you kind of perfect it and grow. And then next year, builder, build it and bigger and better things,
1: too. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of what our conversations are As Cindy catches things as she's going through the materials and realizes we missed something or we doubled something up. So we kind of go back and revise it and make it better. It's a work in progress, right? It is
2: a work in progress.
1: Yeah. And
0: it sounds like it helps brings the parishes together, too. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. That's the whole yeah. idea for On Mission for the Live. Well, Cindy and Jason, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the administrator of the Catholic community of the East End of Pittsburgh, which is the parishes of St. Bede in Point Breeze, St. Charles Luonga in the East End, and St. James in Wilkinsburg. And this morning we are spotlighting new and innovative ways to teach the Catholic faith in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And this morning uh, we have Jason Gualdo, who is the Director of Faith Formation at St. John and Paul Parish in Franklin Park Marshall Township. And Cindy Duchesne, who is the director of faith formation at Our Lady of Peace Parish in Conway, uh, Beaver County, and uh, Jason and Cindy, as we were uh, talking over the break, uh, I know both of you personally uh, with our years going way back. And Cindy, your mom makes the best lady locks. <laughs> How's she doing? Is she doing all right?
2: Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, my mother passed away a yeah. few years back. Oh, I'm so sorry. But man. I still make the recipe. Lady locks. Mom's recipe is <laughs> I back and recipe. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so you passed that, she passed that tradition on to you and, and they, those are great lady locks. Hopefully I can get some for Christmas. For Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Like I need more cookies, but uh, (laughs) Cindy, tell us a little bit about your, your faith journey. How did God lead you to this ministry of faith formation? Uh, It's such a wonderful gift. How did, how did you get to where you are now?
2: So after uh, I've always been in the catechetical program ever since confirmation. Mm. I so when I was 14 years old I started as an aide in a you yeah, know the CCD program up at St. Ferdinand. Sure. Yep. Um as an adult I still stayed teaching CCD. I got involved in Boy Scouts. I you know did the stay at home mom thing but I volunteered everywhere. I entered the corporate world where I was mm. quite happy just traveling the world and working for a search consultant firm. And uh, got to meet a lot of people, and I was offered the job at Our Lady of Peace, and I turned it down. You
0: turned it down. You said no.
2: I I did say Mm. no, and I felt an instant unease with it. So two years later, when I was offered it the second time, I knew I was going to take it before I was even offered the job, and I never looked back. It was an instant peace. I know this is what I'm called to do. I know this is where I'm— where I'm meant to be in life. It was like a sign, right? It, there was many mm. signs. You can run, <laughs> high, you know?
0: And how many years have you been doing that?
2: Uh, I've been working for Our Lady Peace for eight years. Eight years already. And I've been wow. a volunteer there though for twenty. So. Wow.
0: Yeah. And, and and Jason, how did you get involved with uh, religious set?
1: Yeah, I got. Uh, I guess I first started out as a volunteer uh, in high school mm. with Vacation Bible School at my home parish, Saint Malachy. Mm-hmm. Um, and loved doing that, so, you know, kind of enjoyed uh, faith formation from that standpoint. Um, spent a short bit of time in the seminary. I uh, met my wife before I went into the seminary, so it made for a I mean, shorter stay. I in <laughs> the seminary, yeah, yeah. way back when. Um, but I had a panic moment when I realized that I was going to leave where I realized I'm going to have to do something to support myself and possibly a family, so what is that going to be? Uh, and a priest friend of mine was hiring uh, a DRE youth minister, mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm, you know, I want nothing to do with those heathen CCD kids. <laughs> I'll do this for the youth ministry job, and I'll just tolerate that part of it. Uh, and found out that I loved it Um, and then just kept, you know, walking through the doors that the Lord opened for me. I ended up teaching high school religion for a few years, Um, moved to Youngstown for a while as a DRE and youth minister, Mm -hmm. sold insurance in Pittsburgh for a little while um, until I stumbled upon St. John and Paul Parish. Um, You know, I'd been selling insurance for a couple of years, but I knew my my training was ministry. Um, So I figured, well, I'll just see what's out there and apply for it and see what happens. Um, And St. John and Paul was a really great fit. So it sounds like both of you, you both had your own
0: calling, so to speak, years ago, did the traveling and the journeys and the careers. And then how, isn't it neat how God calls us in our vocation? Like I wanted to go into broadcasting and communications, never thought about priesthood. And then after college, working out in the corporate world, um, many moons ago and then entering the seminary, here I am you know, 17 years later. And for both of you, your backgrounds, and then it's just wonder how God calls people, whether if it's to the priesthood or religious life or to the lay ministry life, and then to to have a peace to say, I'm I'm making a difference. I'm utilizing my gifts and talents, especially to our youth. How would you uh, uh, respond to that, Cindy?
2: Oh, I there's a definite peace when you're doing what mm-hmm. you're meant to do. Yeah. There's, I, I never have looked back.
0: Now, Cindy, your parish grouping with Saint John and Paul, Our Lady mm-hmm. of Peace, Good Samaritan, and Saint John the Baptist in Baden—they're all working uh, together. Uh, how is how is that going with with the grouping?
2: So we actually started working together almost a year and a half ago yeah. when it was first mm. announced. We did a Discovering Christ together up at John and Paul, and it wasn't they did it and we joined. We had our people helping out with them. They welcomed you know, leaders from down in the valley. We had kitchen help that went up and joined. Yeah, you very involved in that.
1: Wow. Yeah, that was,
2: I think we had almost half of the participants mm-hmm. came from the valley up to there. Um, their senior connection, of course, they're a younger parish, and we have mm-hmm. the older population, so their senior connection up at John and Paul has been coming down and taking care of our That's seniors. Great. And helping, the, I know of a couple widows who needed work done, and they come in and they do all the work and they leave and, They've come back to do other jobs, so there's there's a lot of overlap. Our Greeters Ministry Hospitality Committee that you know the diocese just mm-hmm. formed. Yep, we've meet as a group, and the John and Paul people helped us with the Greeters Ministry. So the Valley Churches all have a Greeters Ministry, and right now we're in the process of planning a church walk That's in the Christmas great. season with the four wow, churches. Great. So there's there's a lot of bridges built between the four parishes and people are walking across the bridges so mm-hmm. it's it's good
0: and they it seems like they're far away but they're really not no. driving distance is not that far mm-hmm. and all the communities are connected, and some of the, the school districts overlap with each other mm-hmm. so yeah. the, most of the kids a lot of the kids play together um sports together and it yes. kind of like neighbors coming together that used to be separate, but now it's kind of naturally happening together, right. blending I agree. It. and in, and over the over the next couple of months it will continue and as we come up with christmas and and new year's Jason on mission for the church alive is not simply about just merging parishes and schools but also moving from maintenance to mission and not just taking care of buildings and focusing on the mission of church. What is it that, that mission and how, how do you think everyone is called to be part of the on mission process?
1: Yeah, I think uh, our mission as a church is to try as best we can to welcome love and lead everyone we meet into a real relationship with Jesus. Uh, and that really starts with me. I got to make sure that my relationship (laughs) with Jesus is, is healthy uh, and thriving. Um, so that I can help lead other folks into that. Um, I also think that it's, it's important to try to you know, meet people where they are and, and um, make our, our programming, per se, fit their needs, where uh, this hybrid model that we're, we're working with now kind of meets those needs. right? We're trying to, to speak a language to a family um, rather than have them fit into our mold. We're trying to, to reach out to them and, and make faith formation happen in their own homes uh, in a very non-threatening way and
0: it's good to have new ideas too
1: it's it's not just uh, a stagnant uh, drop the
0: kids off at ccd check checkout for 45 minutes and then i pick them up and i go home this model is it's nice you blend the traditional model plus the new way to get take it into the home and look how we just talked about earlier in the show how the parents are learning and sharing their faith and those who feel maybe they weren't you know, adequate enough in their catechesis, they're learning too. So it's a twofold that their kids are learning. And would you both of you uh reflect on how how do you think the the families grow out of this or, or learn from this new hybrid model?
1: Yeah. Do you want to take that, Cindy? You can go first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think families are benefiting from it because um you know traditionally we separate the family for formation. Sure. You know, we yeah. we parents aren't involved in it, kids are in different classrooms. This brings the whole family together talking about the same topic. They're sharing their faith together. Um, you know, We try to walk them through a process of uh, reading a passage of Scripture together and then just talking about what jumped out to them from that. Uh, so it's interesting for a family to see if the same word <laughs> jumped out to everybody. Maybe God's actually saying something to our family right now. Um, it hits home and it sounds yeah. it sounds like that. And Cindy,
2: quickly? Our, our biggest goal for, for this program with families is that we're helping to teach them to put Christ in the center. Mm. And our biggest hope is that the parents are no longer called the lost generation of the church.
0: Isn't that, that's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. That they are now being part of it Mm -hmm. and they're invested with it too. And as that saying says, the family that prays together, they stay together. Yeah, I I honestly believe that. So keep up the good work with this wonderful program, and hopefully other parishes can piggyback on that. So uh, Jason Gualdo, the uh, director at St. John and Paul, and Cindy Duchesne at Our Lady of Peace in Clunway, thank you for being with us this morning.
2: Thank Thank you you very much. much.
0: We'll be back in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring the Festival of Carols and Praise. Actually, this is this afternoon. Uh, Sunday, December 9th from two thirty to four thirty in the afternoon, it will be held at St. Paul Cathedral in Oakland, which is located at one hundred eight North Dithridge Street, not too far from the University of Pitt campus and uh, Carnegie Mellon. It's the second annual Festival of Carols and Praise. If you were there last year, as I was, it was incredible. There's an overture uh, with Advent and Christmas music, and uh, we're going to have the Praise and Worship um, Band, the Holy Apostles Band, which is my home parish. In Carrick Overbrook and Baldwin, and Bishop Zubik will be there too. He'll preside over that. So bring your family and your friends. Join the choirs around the diocese of Pittsburgh in joyful song. There's going to be a light reception to follow uh, downstairs in the um, in the chapel downstairs at the cathedral. So that's later on this afternoon, two thirty to four thirty, St. Paul Cathedral. The festival of carols and praise. Really get ready for Advent and Christmas at St. Paul Cathedral this afternoon. I will plan on being there, so hopefully we'll see you there. The Festival of Carols of Praise at St. Paul Cathedral this afternoon. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 6.30 right here on KDKA Radio.